John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. But Jesus went to Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered round him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When he kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and live your life of sin. Go and sin no more, basically. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to Chronicles of Faith, the podcast. Thank you for agreeing to do this with me again. Thank you. Wow, what a scripture. What a scripture. I have read this scripture close to 10 times now of preparing for this podcast. And each time, it causes me to reflect. I'm thinking... And I'm like, can I do this? What Jesus had done, can I do this? And you know, just like this episode title would carry, the coolest superhero. It's very easy for us to think, especially for those who already have a crooked image of who Jesus is. It's very easy for you to think, oh, coolest, was Jesus ever cool? (laughs) But I think from this scripture alone, you should be able to have an idea of how cool Jesus is. In fact, there are other several cool acts in the Bible that portray just how patient, how kind, and how cool Jesus is. And I'm thinking about this scripture. I'm reflecting all over again. And I'm thinking, would I do this? And aside me thinking, it's also making me to think back to all of these major superheroes we have now. You know, the Captain America, the Black Panther, Deadpool, all of these fictional characters. And I'm thinking that if we can adore these fictional characters so much, characters who are fictional, which means that they are not real, they are only portrayed for entertainment purpose. But if we can adore them so much, if we can put their sticker all over our rooms just to have a glimpse of them every morning when we wake up, how much more Jesus? Now, let's not even talk about jesus coming on earth to save you know the human race from our sinful nature and dying for our sins which is one of the major things that makes jesus cool but let's even talk about the more reasons that even make him more cooler is that supposed to be an expression but yeah let's talk about that 
Let's talk about all of the actions of Jesus. The actions are the inactions of Jesus in the Bible. That just really makes him stand out. And if you do not adore this person, if you do not stand, if you do not stand him, then I don't know who you should be standing. I don't know who you should, who should be your fave. Really, I do not know. And now we do not come of our fanatics. And even if we do come of our fanatics, I'm glad that I'm coming of our fanatics for him, for Jesus. Because I've seen how people can be so vocal, can be so obsessed with their love, you know, their favorite superheroes. I can see how people have become so obsessed. Yes, that's the word. I can see how people have become so obsessed with their superheroes, their favorite superheroes, and nobody seems to care. But then when it's time for us to loud who Jesus is, when it's time for us to talk about who Jesus, but when it's time for us to talk about Jesus, when it's time for us to portray Jesus, we say that there's some sort of, you know, uh, let's, let's, let's do it moderately. Let's do it moderately. But then it has to be said. It just has to be said. Now, when you look at this scripture closely, you realize that Jesus chose empowerment instead of condemnation. And that's one of the top cool things for me. It chose to empower. It chose to power her up rather than condemn her or rather than send her to a life of damnation. Instead, it chose to tell her, go and sin no more. It chose to break the status quo by treating a sinner, you guys, with patience and love. To me, that is so cool. It's cooler than Captain America going back in time to be with the love of his life, Peggy. It's really cool. It's cooler than whatever any superheroes are done in all of these Marvel Studio movies. This is so cool that you would see a sinner and rather than condemn or judge or criticize, you choose to love in your words, in your actions, in your inactions. You chose to be patient. What a cool way. What it's oh my god. You see, I think Jesus would want us to be this way too. He would want us to choose patience rather than judgment and criticism. He would want us to walk in love. Jesus would want us to remember the grace he has shown us that we may extend this same grace to other people. This grace is not just so that we can wake up every morning and say, Kai, thank you, Jesus, for this grace. It's that we may show other people that we may extend this same grace to other people. We tend to forget where we were picked from. And I'm sorry to remind you of the past, but sometimes you need to be able to reflect and think back how your life used to be five years ago, how your life used to be three years ago for some persons, how your life used to be 10 years ago. Think about the miracle that Jesus brought you out from. And think about you now, reigning with kings and queens, enjoying eternal life in Christ Jesus. You see, for some persons, you were picked from the dirt, dirt. For some, it's from a life of reproach and damnation. Self-damnation, oh, and people's inflicted damnation. And yet, Jesus has chosen to say, go and sin no more. Yet it is still us who happens to be the first person to pick, to pick the biggest stones. Why? 
you see sometimes it gets so it, it becomes so much it become the, the, the pressure becomes so thickened so thick the pressure becomes so high and one of the first thing i ask is why do we do this if this is in our bid to you know make jesus proud or make up a case for him then i put it to us that we are failing at both and i do believe that some persons will say this isn't the right way to put it it will only make people lenient with sin and all of those things but i ask why do we want to rewrite the narrative of the bible so bad why do we get paranoid when people get close to enjoying the grace we have equally enjoyed in christ why do we do this you know sometimes i think we are gatekeepers of the gospel <laughs> i think we are gatekeepers of the actual gospel and i think we can't be a little bit selfish yeah I think we can be you see we seem to forget what grace does to man when people hear grace they're like ah this is giving license to for people to sin you why are you not sinning i mean ask yourself now ah no let's not talk about grace let's not talk about grace it will make people but you see we seem to forget the power that grace carries we seem to forget that grace empowers it strengthens it gives space for repentance. It gives room for growth. It makes every act light. You see, when we start to see that grace is not just grace, but grace is an empowerment, that grace is not just grace, but grace is God stretching his hand and saying you can do it. That grace is not just grace, but grace is God showing you that he is love and with his patience, he can walk you through the toughest journey of sin. And you will be uprooted right out of that life. The moment we realize this, I beg your pardon, the moment we realize this, the more grace we extend to people. Yes, the most grace we extend to people. You see, we call the shepherd reckless for choosing to leave the 99 to go after the one. <laughs> Until we are the one. Yeah, let us sink in. We think, ah, that is so reckless. Why would you just leave 90, ah, ah, 99 Abba now? That's so reckless and so careless of you. Until you are the one. And then you expect that the shepherd will leave those 91, 99, I'm, I'm sorry, to come and look for you. Why do you think yours has to be special and others can just be ordinary? Why do you think that you should be the only one to enjoy the grace of God? This is not the reason why Jesus came. This is not the reason Jesus came to save. He came to save everybody, not specific people. Not He didn't come here to do, you know, favoritism. That's not Jesus' way. That's not his way. He came here that all men may enjoy this grace, that all men will be saved. And so when you stand if, you know, when you stand in the gate of, of, of grace and you say, no, nobody will pass through, nobody will enter, you are doing more harm to the gospel than good. In fact, you are doing so much harm to the gospel than good. And you see, no sinner, I repeat, no sinner has ever been changed by being judged or condemned. Absolutely none. Think about it. Check the stats. No one. And I just want you for a minute 
to think about this woman. Think about this woman in the Bible. Think about what must be going through her head when Jesus reacted to her that way. I mean, this woman came with loads of accusers. Loads. She didn't come with just one person. I mean, several people followed behind her, but with stones ready to kill her. And then just because of a single act of Jesus Christ, she was saved. Now, grace will not make you lenient with sin. Grace will only make you go back, empowered to bring other people out of that sin. He said, for you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You used to be in darkness, but God has taken you out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Now you have been chosen to go back to that darkness and bring more people out of that darkness into God's marvelous light. That is how grace works. That is how grace works. So sometimes when we think we want to do something, maybe for the purpose of the gospel, or for Jesus to make Jesus smile. <laughs> I want us to ask ourselves this question. Would Jesus do this? Would Jesus act this way? Would he speak this way? Would he address this situation this way? What would Jesus do? You see, I think the better we start to ask ourselves some very sincere questions, the better for us and the better for the souls we want to go out there to save. Genuinely speaking, the better for us. I think one of the things that we do not do as much as we should is that we don't sincerely talk to ourselves. I'm not talking about one another. I'm talking about you having a conversation with yourself. Sitting down and saying, okay, now that I have read the scripture, this thing that Jesus has done, can I do it? Can I? Philippians 2 verse 5, if I'm being correct, let this same mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. Let the same mind be in you that your first reaction to something that should have literally caused you to go chaotic would be, what would Jesus do? What would he do? You see, when we ask ourselves this question more often, we start to realize that most of the decisions we would have taken, Jesus would have widely frowned at it. <laughs> he would have. Most of the fights we claim to fight on Jesus' behalf, quote and unquote, he wouldn't even approach them that way. <laughs> because he did not even send us in the first place. He did not ask you to fight for him. That's the craziest thing. He did not ask you to fight for him. You see, when Peter cut off the ear of one of the soldiers who came to arrest Jesus out of love and, you know, anger. I mean, you came to, <laughs> to arrest Savior of the world. Abba, don't, don't you have respect? Why would you just come and arrest Savior of the world like that? You see, we would think we are doing Jesus' favor, but in actual fact, you are trying to destroy the things he had come to, to correct. Yeah, we would think we are doing him a favor, but you are actually trying to, to destroy everything. Pata, pata. So we need to self-evaluate. We need to ask ourselves, what am I doing to propagate this gospel? How am I representing this gospel? And so back to Peter, and this is also one of the cool things Jesus did in the, in the Bible. Now, Peter, you know, caught up this year out of anger. Why would you come and arrest my master? No, he's not a criminal and all of those things. But Jesus immediately fixed the year back. <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying to imagine how Peter's face must have, must have felt like, uh-uh. 
see where they support for goodness. If it will be this person. I, I, I'm trying to imagine, but I'm, I'm also trying to imagine what this must have done to his spirit man. That must have done something to him. Because this same grace, Peter did not know that he was also still going to enjoy it after denying Jesus three times. Think about it. The same grace that Peter was going to exude somebody to enjoy, he was still going to enjoy it without, in fact, in the next few minutes without even knowing. And now Peter might have loved him and was agitated on his behalf. Jesus knew that that wasn't the right way to go. It wasn't the best decision to take at that moment. In fact, at any moment. So when your actions towards people in general start to give a certain off vibe, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? And above all, how am I portraying him? You see, the superhero who do not condemn, nor criticize, how have I made people perceive him? Ask yourself now. Ask yourself. If we fail to ask ourselves difficult questions, it will be hard for us to carry out even the most simplest act of Jesus. It will be very hard. I put it to you. I was meditating on this scripture this morning and I was like, but really, among me, let, let me even ask. You, you know, all the things that I have taken as gist so far, you know, I'm gisting with my friends, we're talking about a particular person and all of those things. In that gist, is there a subtle criticism? I mean, I was just being real with myself because I was thinking about this and I'm like, oh my God, I think it would have been so hard for me to react the way Jesus reacted to this woman. And look at the way Jesus also reacted in the book of John 4 to the woman by the well. To the woman, at the, I, think, I believe by, at the well because the woman came to meet Jesus by the well. So yeah. See how Jesus reacted. I, oh, my, oh, you guys, you guys, you guys, you're not getting this. Those are cool acts. I mean, it was the chilled conversation for me. He just sat there and he was just talking. I mean, his disciples came, they saw him and they were surprised. Like, uh-uh, what would you be doing with this woman? Don't you know, my, know that this woman had that five husbands? Do you want him to, do you want to be the sister? <laughs> That's, that, that is what humans would do. That is how humans would react. But Jesus would never react that way. But then we mustn't look at it and say, ah, this one is not possible. It's only Jesus that can react that way. As for me, ah, me, I will judge you. I will criticize you. Writing ourselves off when Jesus has not even written us off. But he's saying it can be done. If Jesus is saying, go and say no more, I believe he's also saying, go and criticize no more. Go and judge no more. All this encompasses sin. And he's saying, do it no more. So grace is available. Strength is available. And as hard as it might be, as hard as it might sound, because yeah, it's easier said than done, it can be done. Uh huh, it can be done. So we have to be very conscious of how we represent Christ. So many people have different mis. Oh my God, I don't even know how to put it now. They have a very let me use crooked. Yes, they have a very crooked idea of who Jesus is because one way or the other, one person in the fold of Christ have misrepresented him. You've we've misrepresented him without even knowing. And you think you are doing the gospel a favor? You think you are doing Jesus a favor? Sometimes we have to be able to ask ourselves, what am I contributing to the body of Christ? 
You see, you must be very conscious in your anger that all the things that Jesus has come to rebuild, you do not become that one person that crumbles it, that makes it crumble. You must be very sincere. You must be very sincere that all of the things that Jesus had come to condemn, had come to eradicate, had come to stop. We must be very sincere with ourselves to not be the same person that is rebuilding these things back up, that is rebuilding hatred, that is rebuilding anger, that is rebuilding judgment, that is rebuilding criticism. Jesus would ultimately save you without even looking at what you have done in the past. Jesus will take you out of your debt without even thinking. It. I mean, look at Jesus saving those, those, those um, um, leper men in the Bible. I think they were up to 10 or something. And it was only one that returned to thank him. And I don't even think he even took it as seriously as we would have taken it now. I think there were other times that Jesus had, you know, done, performed miracles. And he would tell them not to tell anybody. Do not say it to anybody. Do not reveal this to anybody. But then it's still the same people that would go ahead and then start telling people, you know, start testifying. Come and see you. Come and see you. But he would have just wanted to keep it cool. That is what cool kids would do. Yeah. That is what cool kids would do. Jesus is so cool to me. He's just so cool. Like there are things that... Even I reading the Bible, I'll be like, ah, I would have expected more. But then, he would just, it's the actions for me. It's the composure for me. We can learn so much from Jesus. We can learn so much from Jesus. I'm also one of the opinion that if Jesus was still alive, if he was still on earth till today, forget it. He would have connected with the Gen Z's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Argue with whatever you want to argue with. Jesus would have connected with the Gen Z. He would have understood us better. <laughs> it would have it would have but yeah all hope isn't lost Sha, because this hero and our king hasn't stopped raining he died and he rose again <laughs> he's the savior of the world he sees us and he understands us and i just want to quickly say something to you whom grace has been given remain empowered do not lose sight of what god has given you do not take lightly what God has given you. You might think, ah, he just said go and see no more now. He didn't lay hands on me. I didn't fall under anointing. Well, see, in that go and see no more, there is strength. There is power. All you need to do is walk in accordance. Because we must not continue to live in sin and hope that grace may abound. It's not possible. It's not possible. So we have been empowered. Hold on to your superhero and never let him go. That's the ultimate way to live. That's the ultimate way to live. If you think, ah, ah, I, I don't have strength. Oh, you do have strength. You do have strength. You do. So I want you to take for a moment and just think about Jesus all over again. Maybe you know him. Maybe you do not. <laughs> but I want you to take for a moment to think about Jesus all over again. And I also want to give you a task. Go to your Bible, to the New Testament, <laughs> and just bring out actions of Jesus that you find cool. You realize that there are a lot. In fact, there are a whole lot. Yeah, right. Do that. And I just want you to reflect on all the things that Jesus would do, all the things that Jesus had done, 
all the things that Jesus is still doing in the life of men. I'm just thinking about it. I say, do I really have the mind of Christ? Do I really have what it takes to love and live like Christ? And it's very easy for us to write ourselves, oh, ah, no, you know that Jesus is... See, Jesus came to this earth as fully man. Fully man. So do not think that, ah, oh, that Jesus was in. It was because... Nah. He did all of those things as fully man because he needed to experience all the things we, are, we can experience as humans. So do not think that you do not have the power to do all of these things. Oh, you do. Channel right into it. And I just really pray for the grace of God to continue to minister to us that our mind will be open to realize that this which we have received is not so we can sit in our homes and then just say thank you Jesus every day but that in our family with our friends with strangers with outsiders we are able to extend this grace and just really be a representation of Christ Jesus Jesus is our prototype and he's really banking on us <laughs> he's really really banking on us to do him right to represent him right please do what is right i beg of you all right if you listen up to this point it means that one way or the other you have been blessed please do share with somebody who you think might need this and please let's leave this week not judging anybody not criticizing anybody and as sweet as this gist might be let's assure that in our gisting there is grace that we are living for these people and if you can walk up to somebody that you would want to walk up to and talk to them about their life correct them in love not condemning not damnation, not judging, but correct them in love. You can do it, and I am rooting for you. So my song recommendation for this week has to be Only Yeshua by David Dam. Dam. David Dam, I'm sorry. I don't want to murder this person's name. David Dam. Only Yeshua. I believe this song is going to be a blessing. Please ensure you listen to this song and just enjoy seeing Jesus all over again. That there are kings, there are kingdoms, there are trains, thrones, but only Yeshua will reign forever. There are superheroes, there is Captain America, there is Spider-Man, there is Batman, there is Deadpool, but only Yeshua is the coolest superhero. Alright, thank you for hanging out with me today. I hope you were blessed. I hope you had a fun time with me. Please do tune in next time. I still remain your host. <laughs> oh, mommy. Thank you. Thanks.